Begin transmission. Transmission. The Frontline Gaming Network presents Art of War. Strategy and tactics. Discussions with the best players on the planet. The Frontline Gaming Network presenting Art of War with Nick Nanavati and John Damaris. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Art of War podcast. Joining us this week is the old man of Warhammer, Brad Chester himself. Uh, and as always, you can find us on the Frontline Gaming Network. And if you haven't, you should definitely go subscribe there and uh, get your feed filled with tons of good competitive War Machine or War- Warhammer content. Oh my God, that's a Freudian slip from the blast from the past. Anyway. Um, so yeah, let's uh Nick, why don't you go ahead and introduce Brad and then we'll we'll talk a little bit about uh some of the other options. Sure. Mr. OMB over here, old man Brad for long, um, is one of my good friends in this Warhammer game we play. Uh we've actually had him on the podcast once before to talk about his second place finish at LVO with Raven Guard. And since then he's turned his sights off to the wolves. Um he's having a lot of fun with them in this experimental time we're in as far as uh figuring things out for the list. So I'll just take it away or, you know, let Brad take it away. Um, I've, been, I've been souping these guys up all over the place. I, I, I think they're, they're, they're right up there with blood angels as far as things you can throw in to almost anything and, and make it a little bit better. Be- just because of the fact that they've got some really versatile units and some units that actually, um, that I, and I can't talk apparently now. The units that are just really cheap that they get stuff done, like the the Wolf and Dreadnoughts and Ragnar, and then you've got the oh, actual. Pause really quick. Did you say Wolf and Dreadnought? Yeah, I think it's awesome, dude. I know you're old, but are you also going crazy? Uh, they're literally 104 points or 112 points, and they have nine attacks. They hit on twos. They reroll charges. <laughs> And they have a four-up involved. <laughs> Strength six, AP minus three. That's actually quite good. I mean, we'll get into that a lot later. So is that kind of like you're thinking of Space Wolves these days? Is it just like an ally, or do you think they can actually be their own standalone force? Uh, if you do their own standalone force, you I think you have to do a lot of tricks, like the minus ones to hit from the Rune Priest and stuff like that. Um, but you can basically... I play them... If I'm playing them a standalone, the best way I've found the standalone is with an impulsor type force, kind of like the blood angel force I was talking about not that long ago where you're looking at three or four units. I'm actually pull up a different list uh, than the one I have pulled up with since you seem prepared to talk about both. Yeah. I just got to pull the, the other list up the, so I'm ready to rock. Okay. Whenever you're ready, take it away, my man. So, I mean, you've got like lists like just different Wolfguard characters, like Wolf Lords, Ragnar, the, you know, basically doing like Smash Captains like you're used to on that. Uh, Wolf Priest using basically uh, Chaplain buffs, and then just Intercessors and in, in, uh, Rhinos and Impulsors. Uh, you've got Ragnar in every list because why not take a dude that's basically 120 total points and has 10 attacks in the charge? Strength six, AP minus four, doing two damage flat. It's really like 15 attacks when you just assume you're going to use the one CP strat for exploding fours on a character. Right. And, and it's 15 or 16 based on that. And if you're playing, if you're actually uh, running them pure and you do that on three, he actually gets both 
So he gets exploding fours and the sixes. So if you roll a six, it's actually two. Uh, then, of course, I'm going to run either infiltrators or incursors because you need something. I mean, there's no reason if you're playing Marines not to run something that takes the board, uh, starts on the board, basically, you know, poxes out your opponent. Uh, it's just so important to take the board, especially if you're playing ITC missions now. If you're not taking the board, you're not winning the game. And then I actually really like Wolfguard Terminators uh, because they can take old school combi plays and stuff like that. Um, and they've got different strats they, that you can just make them tougher um, and they can come down um, and just sit and take the board. And then I actually really like Wolfen in a variety of ways. Like I was taking a, a five man at first and then I took a nine man and I put two or three thunder hammers in them. They can also get storm shields. It's almost like a, a way tougher Vanguard vet force, but you're just looking at really controlling the shit out of the board. Um, and that's where I went with the dreadnoughts because, and I know you're going to give, you already gave me shit about it before we started doing more recording here. It, you were so against these at first that you actually paused this said hold on my friend you must you're like i'm gonna have to drug test you real quick before you continue on but the wolf and dreadnoughts are actually 112 or 104 depending on what you take and they are movement eight they're just i mean they're dreadnoughts so but they're movement eight they reroll all charges on the charge one of them with a great axe has nine strength six ap minus three one attack one damage hits and on the charge they're all hitting on twos because of plus one space wolves and they reroll charge distances. They also have a four-up invul. So if you're taking, uh, you know, three of these guys, you're looking at dudes that are T7 running across the board eight inches. I'm just going to advance my first turn, of course. But they all have four-up invuls. So they're swatting stuff away, and then you've got a wave of other stuff. Like the list that I'm actually putting on TTS uh, tomorrow, actually, is... Uh, Blood Angels and those Space Wolves. I'm actually, I think they're great to ally in with stuff. I'm actually just taking the three Dreadnoughts and Ragnar, and I'm coupling that in with a Blood Angels list, a little more of a standard impulsor list on that, where instead of the Space Wolves, I'm bringing uh, three three Intercessors with Thunder Hammers, uh, the Captain Smash Captain Mephiston, Librarian Dread, and then another small Vanguard of the Sanguinor with some Sanguinary Guard and some Vanguard Veterans, and then the uh, Sanguinary Agent. And the thing is, is you have multiple things that you can run down with these these Space Wolves, and they've got a decent amount of firepower and just different Space Marine strats, like exploding, they, and they still got transhuman and stuff like that. They have the standard Marine stuff, and I think that people are kind of just giving it a little meh because they don't have anything that's like legendarily OP, like when we first got Imperial Fist and Iron Hands and stuff like that. Everybody's not looking into like really just different soup things that you can bring. You know what I mean? So that's, a, that's actually a really good point. So one of the things that's nice about souping your army is you get access to more strats, uh, which also, uh, does that allow you, um, I suppose you can't play the same strat twice still, even if it comes from different codexes, right? Right, anything. Yeah. Right. right. But still, I mean, there's a lot of strats that are similar, similar. functions that yeah. have different different names. Exactly. And I've done that because it's completely legal to play a, a strat that's almost the exact same thing, but has a different name. So as long as it's not the exact same strat, or GW hasn't basically said that you can't do that, you can get away with doing very similar things uh, with a lot of these units. And having just 
multiple options of outflanking, multiple options of uh, deep striking. Uh, that's why I kind of like the Blood Angels and them together because you get some outflanks, but then you also get the option for you know just picking up a unit that has jump packs later on in the game with the Blood Angels. So you're always keeping your opponent basically honest the entire game getting behind them and doing stuff but you've also got these hard-hitting things because in itc right now it's so important to take the board get the bonus take hold one i like to really try to play from an advantage so i'm at least even or trying to be ahead in the first three turns so that my opponent has to make just uh crappier moves you know what i mean he's not making optimum plays because he's got to catch up and then you're playing some, you're playing something with an assault bent to it, so that you can basically then sit, hold the ground, especially in a lot of these um, terrain setups where you have like big L's and stuff like that, which is more and more what we're seeing. You can just hide behind these things and just wait to press the advantage when it's your turn. Okay, well that's that's a that's a really good primer on space wolves. And let's pick a list. And talk about it, and then we'll we'll just kind of break it down from top to bottom. So if you want to go ahead and read your list, and then we'll yeah, get started. Yeah, if you want to do the, whichever version you think is the strongest, I think, or as good, as long as it has a healthy amount of wolves in there. Uh, I mean, it's the, the one I really, really like is more of a Blood Angels. I mean, they, I, I think that, I'll, I'll do them both if you don't mind real quick. I'll just throw yeah, them both ahead. down for you. So the, the first one is how, basically, I think that you can soup in, uh, basically, a really great counterpunch. And so that's effectively uh, a fairly standard impulsor type list. I've got Smash Captain, Mephiston, and a Libby Dreadnought in a battalion with three units of intercessors with hammers and impulsors. And then I've got the Sanguinor, a unit of Sanguinary Guard, the Sanguinary Ancient, so he can have the Fiona Pain Banner, and then a unit of Vanguard Vets in a Vanguard. And then I took another Vanguard uh, with Space Wolves with Ragnar, and three Woof and Dreadnoughts uh, with two of the great, the Fenrising Great Axes, and one with the Great Claw, uh, just to get another little bit more damage on just the each attack. And they all have a four-up involved. So basically you have uh, the Space Wolves, you have the Space Wolves running up, but then you have the Blood Angels taking the board, but also threatening with, you know, redeploy deep strikes and or deep strikes in the air, guys with really good saves with Sanguinary Guard with two ups, followed by guys that give synergy with re-rolls and extra attacks. And then you have uh, just that distance man that you also have. And with all of those guys re-rolling charges uh, for the Space Wolves, you can really push up hard on turn one. Uh, just take the board. You know, That's, again, people always make that mistake of, I'm playing an assault army. I must move my maximum distance directly at my opponent. No, you move behind cover. Take as few shots as humanly possible. But the thing is, it's also nice because most of your board that's exposed is all T7 and it all has an invulnerable. So you've got literally six models between three dreadnoughts and three impulsors. Uh, and plus you have the librarian dreadnought that are all running forward that have a four up invuln and uh, T7. So, so it's, it's really interesting to me that you're, you're kind of allying space holes and blood angels together. Cause to me as an onlooker, um and as a coach they, they kind of do the same thing people always ask me should i ally in like blood angels to my other army or should i ally space wells to my other army both like a kind of small smash captain type of detachment um they both have their strengths and weaknesses but you've kind of chosen to do them both together and usually when you look for allies it's so you can 
shore up the other army's weaknesses. Like, you're taking Blood Angels to run the other guy and punch him. Maybe you take some guns or indirect fire. You're taking um, Blood Angels for the jump ships and smash captains. Maybe you take a horde of guardsmen to screen those characters that are really powerful. You're just doubling down, it seems, on here are my smash guns that are painted red. Here are my smash guns that are painted blue. I, I really wanted to, really, uh, this, this list, while... I, it, it's it, it's in its infancy because they just haven't obviously we haven't got it besides you who's got 40k beautifulness uh which with multiple top level people to play every day the rest of us are dug into our little worlds playing tts games and stuff like that so, so, yeah we're peons we're just pointless <laughs> we're like little minions running around but i'm just trying to get different things before the tournament season kicks back in and I want to feel in a lot of these lists where I would say, and, I, and, and it's the usual when, you, you know what I mean, you're thinking about stuff. Hey, I've got an army of assault. I should get some guns to back it up. And that's my my typical play. But I really wanted to put in a very overly aggressive Wolves army out to take the board because of the fact that I feel that right now you and I play a game of 40K. It's almost like a wash in the secondaries right now. It's just we're both getting 12. I move on with my life and I'm paying the primary right now. So what do I need to do that is, especially if I'm playing like yourself right now, uh, what I need to do is I need to get up early, I feel. And this type of army, I feel, gets uh, hold more, take more bonus right away. And then I try to hold it for that time. And I was like, those just shooty units aren't really doing a whole lot for me uh, in this style of list. I kind of, again, wanted to double down and just taking the board, keeping the board. Um, even if the end game completely falls apart for me, I feel like I'm so far ahead because I've taken the board the entire game that I can still maintain the win. And that's a strategy I think that's been becoming more and more popular and successful in ITCS late because that bonus point is so achievable, because those moon based secondaries are so achievable. It's just, you know, throw your army into the trash can, but score a million points on the way out. And by turn five, you're up 30 to 15. Your opponent, even if he has two five-point turns on primary, you still can't lose. And that's a total, yeah, that's totally valid. The other thing that I think is worth pointing out about your list is it's not like it bleeds kills, you know, because nobody, it's not fun killing a T7 model with a four-up involve. Like, exactly. That's the, you're that's not the just thing. Gonna, and I'm, and not, I'm gonna, not exposing them either. I'm just, I'm willing yeah. to sit on objectives and just stay there. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of times in these board control lists, what happens is, sure, you get the board, but you give up kills. So you're not making as much. I mean, you are getting ahead because maybe you get the bonus point, but you're not getting as far ahead of your opponent as maybe you might like because they're getting kill more often. But your list doesn't, this list doesn't really do that. Like it, you don't have to give up kill more <laughs> and still take the board. So that's, exactly. that's very And powerful. the thing is, yeah. is that multiple times in turn one, I've given up zero kills. Uh, just playing through. We, maybe we've done resets and stuff like that. So I've gotten two baby games in with like real quick resets and stuff like that because we're just trying to play test what we thought of through it. And the thing is, is that if I can get move up, especially if uh, going first, I'll just take the literally take the entire board and do nothing. I'll just sit there and just make you do something until because I'll just go up in points and you have nothing to shoot at. So you're just like, feel free to try to use your indirect to kill my 11-wound thing with T7 and 4-up invul. So you're just you're forced to come up and then play into my game, which is I want to countercharge you with a ton of guys. And actually, to tell you the truth, it's funny because, you know, we're, we're going into the Assault Doctrine and stuff like that, which we never used to. And the actual extra AP 
makes a difference over over time with that. You just you're, you got so many swings. And as I was saying, like, if you go into the assault doctrine with these wolf and dreadnoughts, so you're talking before I even said anything, you were like, you're crazy. And then I'm like, yeah, man, these things have nine attacks hitting on twos and they're AP minus four in assault doctrine. You know what I mean? So they basically hit you and go, you don't get a save. Start picking up guys. It's also, for those specifically, they're another vehicle, like you said, with a four Benville, and you're getting bum rushed by impulsors. You're not shooting a dreadnought that doesn't even shoot you. You're just like, who cares? I'll deal with it as I get to it. And the three of them run up on you, and you're like, hey, this is actually quite annoying to deal with, and it hits really freaking hard. So it's because you're doing that kind of threat overload thing, not just like, here is my three dreadnoughts, which could be six centurions. Like, six centurions have no place in your super-aggressive army that's running into you. You're you're taking more of what you have to kind of spam out that toughness seven four pinfall platform. 100%. I do have a question. Um, mm-hmm. Do you find that the dreadnoughts are a little bit of a liability in a, in a terrain-heavy board just because of the restrictions on their movement? Yes and no. It, it makes it so that you know where I'm going uh, because I can tend to basically hide them at the edge of the L's at that point in time because I can't obviously go through them. So they end up, you know where I'm going to place them. Well, that's why I like having the librarian dreadnought with that because he can fly if he casts wings and sanguinous on him. So it gets a little more play on that. So I like them together. I actually really like Space Wolves. I've tried to play them by themselves, and I liked it a little bit. But, you know, the bonus and the sixes and everything is nice. But I I like souping their stuff in because they've got some really, really cheap stuff. Like Ragnar is really cheap. These Dreadnoughts are really cheap. The Woofen aren't as cheap, but they're really tough. So especially if you're just looking for a counter unit uh, and you're taking either a Supreme Command or maybe, you know, Spearhead, Vanguard, whatever you want in there. They're just, it's really nice to throw a couple of these things in. And effectively, they they also do really well against things that are trying to give you minuses, especially in hand-in-hand, because they've got the plus one to hit. So a lot of times you're just negating uh, the minus that people have got on you, like uh, you're playing Chaos and stuff like that, things of those nature. Things that are basically trying to utilize the negatives so that you don't get as many hits against them. So you end up basically evening that out. And they're just they're just a nice counter for a lot of these lists. Um, say you're taking like Admech or something like that, that t- t- you know, I mean has like maybe Dragoons as your only counter, and you'd like to have something a little different, maybe just more of a threat, or also something that's not so susceptible to uh, mech-type guns, haywire, and things of that nature. Uh, you can take uh, Woofen and stuff like that. You can take a Ragnar. You can take different characters and pop those strats and just go... What happened? Well, I got charged by the, you know, Ragnar charged me and did 20 some hits by himself. You know what I mean? So he just wiped out a squad. The dude's doing two flat damage per hit. And I use him a lot. But I mean, you can just get a a Space Wolf uh, Smash Captain who effectively swings with a Thunder Hammer on twos, rerolling ones. Because he's exploding force. Yeah, and you can give him exploding force with a thunder hammer. You know what I mean? You're just basically anytime one of your characters is going into combat, it's like you always just you just auto use that strat and just start getting ridiculous amounts of hits. Like you can, and because of the plus one, so basically he's plus one minus one, so he's hitting on twos, rerolling those ones, and every four is another hit. You're just like all of a sudden your smash captain got you know eight to ten hits with a thunder hammer, and you're just like wow. That you know, these guys are just doing serious damage where it's nice to just soup them in and take a supreme command, a 
uh, like I said, a, a Vanguard, a Spirit, you know, whatever you'd like to put in to get those units in. And they just do a lot of damage. Like two of those, two or three of those characters and these specialized units like the the Woofin, the Woofin Dreadnoughts and stuff like that. I like the fact that they just have the volume. Like I, I wouldn't like this Dreadnought except for the fact that, again, it's got nine attacks at strength six, AP three, AP four if it's, you know, assault. And they're all hitting in twos. You know what I mean? These guys are all just getting... A, a huge amount of attack so they can take out squads by themselves so you can use them as your counters to things so if you have a, a shooting based army and then you slap this on top of it all of a sudden you've got a few threats that aren't just hitting hard they're hitting hard and they're hitting a lot and they're also uh putting out real damage on that you know what i mean so they're not just i mean a regular smash captain is amazing but the guy usually gets you know, four hits, you know, because he's what you're stumbling into. I'm just going to try to articulate it here is a really interesting fumbling uh, into. I like where we went here. <laughs> yeah. So if you were trying to run a mono space was army, and this is, I'm going to tell a story here. You're trying to run a mono space was army and you're getting good mileage out of it, but you're just finding like your opportunity cost is really high. Cause obviously you're foregoing all your ally options. And your benefit is the mono doctrine, which exploding sixes in combat on turn three is cool, but also that's not that great. So then you want to maybe out on a Blangel army because they also hit things super hard and essentially are just wolves painted red as far as combat goes. And it's kind of a similar thing. You're foregoing all your ally options to get plus one attack in three. Now that's pretty good. That's functionally way better than exploding sixes because it's always plus one attack, but um, it's pretty similar, if I'm being honest. When you combine the two, you got something interesting because you're like, I can use the strats from different armies. I can use the units from different armies that make each army unique and powerful. And I can just have one super army. Now, not it's not getting any mono doctor rules, but it's just a ton of good units with good strats like across the board. And then also what the Wolfram Dreadnoughts add, which is really unique, is an impulsor-like chassis, it being Toughness 7 4 Binbull Vehicle, that costs the same price point as an Impulsor, 95 versus 97, but isn't useless. Like, an Impulsor doesn't do any damage offensively. It gets your stuff there, which is great, but it doesn't itself do anything. So if you take 6-7 Impulsors to take your army and get into combat, you're like, man, wish I had 700 points in my army not sitting here driving in people with Storm Bolters. Yep. And that's what you're doing. You're taking that profile, so you still get those 6-7 vehicles, but now it actually does something, too. And I think that's a really ingenious kind of way to make it all fit together. I, I want to get I want to get back to that Space Wolf Smash Captain just to make sure like because that sounds incredible. You're talking about eight or nine hits with a Thunder Hammer uh, from one activation, and then if you play that and then you play Fight on Death, do they still have exploding? Um, yeah. Yep. It's first. Yep. It's all yeah, it's, so it's, that entire phase. So basically, he can that that dudes can get in the middle, especially if you make a mistake and put him, you know, double fight within multiple characters or something like that. He can just go insane, even multiple tanks after he gets, you know, whatever hits him. So yeah. he him. I'm just thinking about giving him a, like a relic, um, you know, the mastercrafted thunder hammer and then watching him delete a unit, a full six man unit of sense. Just no problem. I'd have to look at that real quick. I, I, we don't know if they have, I'm almost positive they do. Cause I think it's the base, but I'd have to, I'd have to hundred percent. I think it's it. also universal, but I think space Wolves missed it. Unless I'm mistaken. Uh, you're, I'm not well versed in it. That sure. one, that one I never look at that. I haven't, I might just be full of shit. Cause I'm so used to them just having it. Uh, give me one second. I have to go to wolf Lord. 
While we're on the subject of relics and Chester's taking a look at that, uh, Wolves also have an amazing relic, which I think is long since forgotten time. I know I personally forgot it until I went back and read the space book last week. Uh, it's called Armor of Ross, and basically it's like the Vexator mask. You put it on a guy, and uh, a unit within one inch of that dude, that character, uh, fights last. Uh, even if it charges, it just fights last. It also compares a four-bin for whatever that's worth. So what's really interesting um one sec john is that wolves also have heroic intervention of six inches so yeah, that's good. almost undodgeable like Damn it. i was just gonna go to that no it's just it, it i i i really I, I, people don't don't get that the fact that they can get six inches on the heroic intervenes and that's another thing that 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 guy you know you've got your thunder hammer you got your ragnar you've got your whatever those guys literally get six inches on the heroics so all of a sudden you're just fighting that guy that's going to pop that strat again and get another eight or nine hits. Or if you're a Ragnar, a 15. You don't count as charging. So it's not like, okay, I'll kill that guy before it becomes a problem. No, it, it just becomes a problem. You almost can't engage this army in combat. Yeah. It's just, you have all these guys sitting around just waiting basically to kill the shit out of you. And it's fantastic. Um, I just think they're a great ally because my thing right now is a lot of these armies, I look at their super trait and I go, do I want to build an army around this super trait? And most of them are no, because you're rotating out of them. The assault ones are obviously the ones that you're looking at that are very, very strong. But the, the, the thing is, is that I would rather just, put the best of the best right now in there and just use whatever regular is. Just have better units, basically. Exactly, 100%. And I think you're actually getting to armies that are deceptively better than they used to be on that. Because now, we, you know, it, we had such a long time of Iron Hands and Imperial Fists and stuff like that because they started in their Super Doctrine. They always stayed in it. So you made these pure armies because why would you try to do anything else? But now we've got different codexes opening up because you can't do that anymore, a different power shift, and you're really getting into stuff that's really, really unique, and I think that you're just going to see more and more of these armies, especially in marine-type builds, where you're just going to get better better armies, you know what I mean? So you can literally get uh, more combos than you ever did before. Like I said, I'm just, like I'm doing a Blood Angels Scars unit because I didn't think either one of their super traits were enough to make it so I only wanted a mono when I could have extra smash captains, extra uh, rules on it. I'm a fist on and these wolf and dreadnoughts and a Ragnar. Okay, well, that leads me to a question then. Uh, but before that, let's just take a quick break to get a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends you new cartridges, so you never have to think about ink. Save up to 50%. You'll pay less than $5 a month for ink and never run out again. Find out if your printer is eligible and enroll today at hpinstantink.com. Conditions apply. For details, visit hp.com slash Spotify. Okay, Brad. So here's my question. Since the impulsor rush or whatever you want to, you know, in, in, impulsors can be used with any of the Space Marine factions, did you consider, you know, any of the other Space Marine factions instead of Blood Angels? Like, basically, why Blood Angels? The why Blood Angels, yeah, I'll give you, oh, I'll go with the other ones that I kind of looked at first, because I looked at a lot of them with this, uh, because I think that there's a lot of them that have merit to it. But the the big reason that I went to the Blood Angels was because of the characters, because I really wanted um, a fist on, 
because he can go, he's primary, so he can go inside of a impulsor. So you can just have him, and he's very difficult to deal with with Wings of Sanguinis. Once he rushes up with the impulsor, gets out another 12-inch move, he's in your face. Librarian Dreadnought can also use Wings of Sanguinis, so you have a Dreadnought that can effectively do a 24-inch move in turn two, get into combat. And between the two of them, both of them wound everything in the game on a two because they're plus one to wound, and they're both going to be strength 10 at that point in time. So they're just basically, you can hit it, you can wound a knight on a, on a two. So it's just super impressive at that. And then they have one of the, the best, the most terrifying guys in the game, which is the Blood Angel Smash Captain with the Angel Wings, which ignores Overwatch. And also he's got the ability to just use the strat at any time in the game. He can be picked up, set down, anywhere even after turn three which is such a lethal combination and just go into your backfield and just cause havoc okay that's interesting uh did you give any thought to like uh say white scars because i think one of the things i think would be pretty cool is being able to i mean obviously the advance and charge is good but being able to fall back and charge with those impulsors and some of that other stuff i could see being really useful <laughs> in your strategy I, I was like 50 50 on that because of that and i actually like them because of the fact that it makes it so i can do a uh, different th- stuff with the impulsors i really enjoy the impulsors doing charges so say for instance nick's got his army and he's got a tough hitting character i like to base that character up with an impulsor and then hit farther away on a unit that normally he would have been able to either heroically intervene or just been part of the 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 combat and they can do that really effectively and you can also do very great wraps with your impulsors and then you can actually do pivots so you can start touching other units and you get that because they have such excellent movement with the white scars with the advance and charge so you're getting an extra d6 I thought about that and then taking Corso Khan with that uh, because of the fact that he's got an aura of plus one to one. So I was a little bit torn on that. I just, I went on the Blood Angels because I thought if I was going to take more Blood Angels than I was going to take anything else in units and intercessors and stuff like that, the plus one to wound automatically as opposed to worrying about an aura. And then the fact that I had the Sanguinar for another plus one attack uh, was just going to be mathematically a little bit better. And maybe I'll change my mind because White Scars are a very great army also. Those are huge things that you can do. They also have the White Scar uh, Warlord trait of Snare, which is uh, just a a lockdown ridiculous thing, especially if you get a multi-combat. So basically, you know, you, you you kill whatever you're in front of and then half your army touches that other unit and then you snare it so nobody in that can now be charged or be uh, shot and that's a huge deal especially if you're going into very shooty very difficult to play armies like like a tower army or something like that if you can basically consolidate into that next unit of drones with multiple units you can keep your army safe for a turn so i was i really think that white scars um are interchangeable uh with that if you're going with either uh, white scars or blood angels could could definitely work um i will probably test them out more are both options of that i did try to work uh salamanders at first in because i enjoyed their their ignoring ap minus one and then they've got some really tough characters but they didn't come with that many other things for me um i just couldn't make it fit uh like i really wanted to it seemed like i needed to take too many things and powers and relics and everything else to make the you basically had three really beat stick characters and then so-so everything else compared to Blood Angels and White Scars, the actual troops and stuff like that. Those The White Scars and the 
Blood Angels and the Space Wolf, all their their basic guys, the Intercessors and everybody else you're bringing, just do so much more damage than the regular Salamander guys are because of either plus one to hit, plus one to wound, or just advance and try. You know what I mean? They just had more options on that. Any? Did you give any thought to like maybe using some of the Dark Angels characters? Because I, I think in your army, you know, a couple Talon Masters and Sammy in a Supreme Command could be really powerful. I, I thought about using it as my ba- my ba- my my backfield completely. Um, the only thing is, is they're a little bit pricey, and I wouldn't take anything else in Dark Angels for that. I would literally take two Talon Masters and Sammy. Uh, but I, yeah, I thought about that a lot. They do; they are fairly expensive though, uh, so that it takes. Uh, a more balanced approach to it, which is actually usually my typical approach, which is to have shooting a combination of shooting and close combat so that I, I never have a phase off, but I, I'm really trying to push this full board control presence, but I did have, I've, I've made multiple lists of that. I actually, uh, we almost had, uh, my buddy Jason, uh, who was my playtest partner all the time, uh, getting ready for Adepticon. Uh, we had, the two dark talents and the Sammy with blood angels before the space was route uh, doing that. Uh, but the same thing can be done with a space Wolves army and just slapping them on top of any, any type assault army can throw those guys on top of it. And it really does kind of even the, the balance out a little bit because those guys can really take care of a lot of things and they have a lot of shots. So they're actually really good to take care of screens. They're very good at anti horde. And they actually uh, have pretty good range and distance on them because they can just ignore cover. They can ignore the move and shoot. So they've got a lot of versatility in that also. So that was another thing that I I did think of before I made just kind of an all-in, take the board, uh, just win uh, by board presence list. (laughs) Okay, last question down down those lines. Uh, Any thought given to uh, Iron Hands just for their durability? If you're going to take the board with the Intercessors and Impulsors, Obviously, the iron hands are the hardest to dislodge, typically. Um, so you're not gonna you're not gonna hit as hard in combat. But if you're gonna stand on objectives behind walls, and you still have those space wolf characters and and uh, uh, wolf and dreads uh, kind of backing them up, so I could also see that potentially being successful, right? We made a pure army that was better at that, uh, and Nick and I both played games with it. And the problem is, is that it's so boring, it makes your eyes bleed, but it's very effective. <laughs> yeah, Basically, okay, you're it's so boring. It's unbelievably effective. Don't get me wrong. It's super effective. You take six centurions, you put plus one uh, armor save on them. You get in cover. You have a zero up save. You have an apothecary. You have a five up feel no pain. You got 30 or 40 intercessors. You've got multiple units of infiltrators. And then you've got eliminators. And you sit on all the objectives. Nothing happens. The game is the most boring thing in the universe to play because you don't do anything. You just sit there. You don't die. You bring models back, and your opponent just gets frustrating. And both of you have a bad game. <laughs> so, it also like foolproof. There's things that can beat it to the objectives. Like if you go second against the Raven Guard army or something, or go second versus Ultra Spamless, and it gets to the objectives before you. Now it was tough, but who cares because you're not where you need to be. Exactly. And then you end up just kind of slap fighting in the middle. But the problem is, is that a lot of times eventually they'll just get, they'll again just get up in points on you. The whole arm, the whole premise of the army is I don't die and I stand on the objectives. So if you don't die, but you're not on the objectives, what are you doing? Yeah. Like literally playing against that army in testing. um, Sometimes I would just sacrifice like my whole army just to keep them off the objectives. And then I would still just be up in points. Uh, yeah, just I guess 
I guess what I was asking is, you're, if you do the Impulsor plan, like an Iron Hands Impulsor battalion could also sort of serve the role that, I mean, you don't have as many, you just don't have as much beat stick like you would with Blood Angels or um, versatility that you would have with White Scars. Well, Iron Hands Impulsor any degree tougher aside from the fact they have six of female pain. No, but the intercessors that pop out of them would be, right? So it's hard to it's harder to keep everybody together if you're if you're using the movement on that though. Yeah, I yeah, guess you could take the apothecary, make him primaris, put him in an impulsor, move the impulsor turn one, get him out after the fact because that's a, a move the impulsor. And then any guy any impulsors that happen to die in your opponent's turn the guys will now be super tough because there's next to the apothecary. But if that's all it's giving you, I don't know that that's enough at all. Yeah, it just no, no, it I, becomes a I little bit more. I would just rather, if I was going to do a plan like that, I would take like what we were talking about and just take way more guys because yeah, the guys, no mathematically, they just take so much more to deal with. Um, and also, you don't really care about the multi wound weapons as much. Like you get hit with two or three things that you fail that four up on and you take six damage from a melted gun, you know, twice. You kill two intercessors if that happens. You actually pick up the impulsor at that point in time. Yeah, you're like, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And, you, and the thing is, is you have a five-up invuln with Ferris sitting around. So the, the guy might actually make that save also. So at worst, you lose two guys. That, you know, At best, you just make two five-ups and your opponent just looks at you like you're insane. You know what I mean? Just like, it, it's a very durable, good, good army, but it it literally was so boring that's we we literally had phone calls leading up to adept account well before it was canceled of course but we had phone calls of that where we're both talking about that i'm just like dude this army is just so boring it's like insanity boring (laughs) and it it just doesn't have a lot of a lot of play a lot of options you just don't die it's just that's that's the entirety of the army is you just don't die yeah, I mean that's just a mathematical army, right? It's not really there's, mm-hmm. there's nothing there where it allows you to leverage your play skill because you're you're just like standing in the middle of the yeah. board. I mean, you just make a, yeah, you literally make a pinwheel, and then you just have a unit of guys that are super hard to kill, and then one unit that's just almost impossible to kill uh, as long as it's buffed, and it's just crazy. So I want to bring the conversation back to Space Wolves and Blood Angels. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was my fault. So. It's always your fault. Welcome back, John. <laughs> I like it though. We can talk about Marines in general on that, but that's what—that's how I got to where where I got on that. And I'm yeah, still on the fence of whether White Scars. But I uh, again with the Wolves, uh, just jumping, cutting you off again. Sorry. I, I just I think they're just really good for uh, slotting into anything. They're just like a they're like the Blood Angels and the, and the White Scars and that. But I think that you have to bring less of them because their characters can do so much more damage. Two more so stuff. I, I have been using wolves to a lot of success in my sister's uh, brigade list that I've been working on. We'll cover that not today. Um, but the wolves I brought in were Ragnar, because for all the reasons you mentioned, uh, your classic Smash Captain, Thunderhammer, Storm Shield, Zone Pack, and a wolf guard battle leader with that armor of rust so I could use the heroic intervention stuff we mentioned earlier um, and just give myself some real ones or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a lot of success with attachments. 350 points on the nose. I gave my Wolfguard Battle Leader a Power Fist. Uh, it does a lot of work. You're taking a lot more units from Space Wolves, not just their solo characters. Now, obviously, their solo characters are amazing. They have the stratagem for exploding fours to hit. Space Wolves also have uh, the really good relics, like Armor of Rust. There's some uniquely good Warlord treats, and they have uh, what you call it. They have the stratagem that if your unit is less power level than the 
unit you're attacking, you can just reroll to wound against it. Now, the yep. power level of most of these characters is like six, so any unit worth attacking is probably going to be. <laughs> yep. Um, but you're you're also taking things like Wolfin and Wolfin Dreads and and what what is the value of those guys? Why are you taking that? The Wolfin Dreads. Let me pull those up again because I for I used it on the character, but the, the stratagem is a character thing, so. The strategies are all character-based, pretty much, for space. Right. So yeah. I think the is anything, but... Um, yeah, I, just, I looked it up to make sure. It's a space with character. Uh, the uh, so, yep. the, but the, the power level of uh, Dreadnought is 8. Okay, but if all the units and all the strats that are worth looking at for space rules and all the relics and all the world traits are character-only, that makes an amazing Supreme Command. You can also take a uh, Room Priest with uh, the Fury of the Wolves or whatever it's called, Wolf Spirits, and you can make him like 20 attacks with Exploding Force. Also, that's super strong. Amazing characters, but you're taking units I, as I, I wanted. To, I wanted to try this because I wanted to overwhelm with the T7 stuff, but uh, it's funny that you say this because I, I've been so on the fence about taking uh, at least two characters in that uh, just because the characters are so good. Um, and I also thought about if I wasn't doing an overload with the armor, I have another list that I was bringing, which was uh, Space Wolves, uh, where I was actually taking two detachments of Space Wolves just so I could get three characters, uh, some of the Dreads and the Broom Priest, the Smash Captain, and Ragnar. Just because those guys are like one-man armies on themselves, it, it, because of the fact that they can get so many attacks, you can attack things that you normally wouldn't be able to attack. Like you're not going to take your traditional smash captain into a large unit of of orcs of anything really. You know that has too many models because even though they kill the, a couple models, they just end up being there forever and not doing anything. And then eventually they just get hit too much and fail their save and they die. These guys go in and you know take double digit attacks and just wipe tons of stuff and really get their points back and actually can just take things off of objectives and people are just still aren't really ready for that um in a in a game where you get a character that's hitting 10 15 times and just picking 10 15 models up well i mean i'll tell you when i played marines one of my frustrations was i I played a lot of smash captain type characters because i really enjoy them uh they're they're very versatile, but they almost always disappointed me <laughs> at some point in the game because they just you just fl- you roll a couple ones on your swings to hit or or twos, you know, if you're swinging a hammer or whatever, uh, you roll some ones to wound, and pretty soon you're just like this guy just did nothing, you know. And then you 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 roll a bunch of ones and twos on your three up saves, and suddenly, you know. And so it sounds like the space wolf ones are just way more reliable, um, which I think is great. It's, it, well, the thing is, is they can also, they can pop, the thing is, is I tell you the truth, I use most of my strats uh, when I'm in testing on this on all the characters because you're looking to reroll all the wounds. You're looking to, re, you know, hit, fight twice. You're looking to fight upon death. And the thing is, is that it's like just crazily scary when you like literally hit something, you hit that six-man unit of Centurions with with Ragnar, with a Smash Captain, with Ever. And they're actually, it, it especially if you hit two things, you know, if you hit the the Centurions and whatever, you kill the majority of the unit anyways, and say they swing back and you die, you pop, swing again, and all of a sudden you kill the other thing and the rest of the Centurions and whatever else you might have been in combat with just because you have so many attacks and that strat, whatever strat you popped, you know, last until the end of the phase. So you're still re-rolling everything, re-rolling all your wounds, doing all this damage, exploding fours. You know what I mean? You're just, you, you end up doing 
a ridiculous amount of damage. You pop literally like three CP. Next thing you know, you've killed two large units of whatever, especially if that smash captain gets in there. Ragnar is also just insanity with that because of the fact that he's looking at 15, 16 attacks and they're all damaged too. You know what I mean? And he's just literally AP five on the assault. And if you're in the assault doctrine, so he's just, if you don't have an inborn, you just don't get a save. Nothing in the game gets to save against him. Yeah. I mean, he just, he just mows through whatever you want. Like he kills vehicles or he just mows through as many intercessors as you want to kill. You know, I mean, it's literally one CP to do all the reroll all wounds on that. So you're just, you're, you're basically real all failed wounds for that. Uh, And then you're just, just crushing shit. I mean, if you really want to be crazy on that, you, you, you can actually do some shenanigans with the Rune Priest, uh, making people minus one on their hit rolls. You can make minus one to the wound. You can do you can do a lot of uh, shenanigans on that. I didn't. I think you need a to really capitalize on that. You need a lot of space wolves, and I found I like the space wolves in a small dose. Not even a small dose, but like eight hundred ish points tops in all these armies that I'm bringing. I like bringing uh, two or three characters. And then things like the the Woofin, maybe the Woofin Dreadnoughts and stuff like that. The Woofin Dreadnoughts, uh, I just like because of the concept that I was doing. But as far as just mixing stuff in, I really like those Space Wolf characters because you you basically do them, like that Kung Fu movie, you get them one at a time basically hitting uh, different things and you're popping all the strats on them and all of a sudden they're just killing everything. Uh, just, so what kind of detachment are we are we talking about here? Like are you speaking fairly nebulously about like two or three characters, a couple dreadnoughts, maybe some wolfing? Is that a vanguard? Is I like a, I like a I like a vanguard if I'm gonna bring two characters and like the three dreadnoughts and or a unit of wolfing because they're all elites. Um I like a supreme command because then I also get one elite that I like to pepper in, either a unit of wolfing or maybe the dreadnought, just to have another option. Because the Woofin Dreadnought like feels like a character almost because of he's got nine attacks, uh, all hitting on two. Why don't you run Murder Thing instead of a Woofin Dreadnought? Because he actually does have the character keyword. Oh, that, that I'm, I'm sorry. If I was going to do that on that, I would definitely bring. I've I've got Woofin. I I actually have him in that other list. By the way, I forgot to mention. I forgot to mention Murder Fang. <laughs> so he, right. he's, he's significant. I for, I forgot to mention one of the hardest hitting guys that I that I have. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, Murder Fang. My bad. I should have probably mentioned him. He also costs a buck and a quarter, and he's a monster. He's that guy might be one of my favorites, um, just because that he can just rock and roll. He's another. He also is another guy that rerolls charges, and the murder claws are strength twelve, uh, AP three, damage three, and you re and you reroll all fuck failed wounds. And I mean, he comes with a bonus, obviously, heavy flamer and a storm bolter. But that dude just does work. Also, he's another dude that comes in there. Sorry, he's my fourth dreadnought on that on the space was. Uh, You're going like all in on this dreadnought thing. Yeah, because well, I got two characters. I had I didn't bring the smash on that that particular list, but I have murder fang in it. So, but the, the thing is, is he's also, you know, he's another guy that gets increased increased attacks in the charge. So he's basically. Increases his attack characteristic by two on a successful charge. He rerolls the charge, and he's again plus one to hit. So he's just he he's hitting on twos anyway. So even if you're minus one to hit, he's still hitting on twos. And I like him a lot. I like just dipping these guys in. Like you can basically put in Ragnar, a smash captain, and Murder Fang 
Um, and then, a, you know, a different character in a Supreme Command. I actually really like their Supreme Command because Murder Fang's an elite and you can just tap him in into that. So you can literally have three beat stick characters in Murder Fang and just throw them behind whatever army you were bringing before. And you've got all the hand to hand you could possibly want. Or you can just do like I was saying and just bring, you know, a full, I've taken the board, do something about it type of army which I actually think are really, really effective right now with the current ITC uh, mission pack. I mean, the other nice thing about it is if, if you do take the board, like your opponent has to come to you. And if they do come to you, those Space Wolf characters are going to end them. Like just end whatever they bring. Uh, like they're, I, they're so efficient. I can't imagine anything trades well with them. Wow. It's crazy. You No one does. That's the thing is, is like, you, it, the, the stratagems all say space of character, which you can actually use that on the dreadnought. So you can literally do all of these different things with a murder fang. You know what I mean? So a guy with strength 12 is now hitting you. You know what I mean? And that guy's, again, he's got another weapon that's doing three flat damage. AP3, it'll be AP4 if you're in the, in the assault doctrine. Exploding on fours? Exactly. You just, and he, another person that can fight on death, you're like, and he's annoying to, to kill in the first place. You know what I mean? So, and also he's just, even the dreadnoughts, there's also a chance these guys just explode when you kill them in the first place. So you just take more mortals. It's just, there's just lots of damage, tons of T7. You know what I mean? Just different guys that are out there uh, just doing a, a shit ton of damage. And you can put him in for the cheap, basically, on in these things. If you're looking at uh, Ragnar, Murderfang, uh, Two other characters, Smash Captain, and another character, you're you're committing about 500 points. And you've got four just beat stick things to, to hit people with. And then you just make a 1500 point army of literally whatever. Uh, I think that Sisters, by the way, with the new stuff that's coming out for Sisters, I already think Sisters might be uh, in the top one or two armies right now because of all stuff coming out for Sisters. Say again. There's new stuff coming out for Sisters? Yep. PA. Oh, that's really cool. Necrons, Necrons uh, Inquisition, and Sisters are all getting buffs. And I actually think that the only thing that was holding Sisters back is other people weren't the top, top people weren't playing them. They have so many shenanigans. And I think when you put something like BA or Space Wolves behind Sisters, that's that's an army that I really, and I don't, but I don't know. I haven't played with Sisters. I know the rules. I know they can, what, what they can do. I just haven't played a lot of games with them. So, but I'd like to actually get some of that. And I also own zero sisters. So, which usually, uh, which usually doesn't sisters. stop me. It's peanut butter and jelly over here. Yeah. I've only played a handful of games myself, but I'm dude, literally paying. You just have game. so many shenanigans, dude. I really, I literally think that you put in 500 points of Space Wolves, 1,500 points of sisters, you miracle dice, characters are getting back up, you're making 12 inch charges. You've got so many things that you can do. It's a very general skills not generals and you know anybody can use it i mean like the top a top top player that knows that army in and out has so many options and then you put these beat stick characters behind them which is basically their only downfall is that they don't have just individual things that can just beat up on tough targets and then you just take that away and you go okay well screw that here's these space wolves that are just going to wreck you so let's rewind just a minute because I'm getting on tangents. Um, your Space Wolves thing, either Supreme Command or Vanguard. We're all, I'm on board. You want to insert this detachment, 
all over the place. Super good value to test. Also, seems fairly CP intensive while only giving you one CP. So with your army in particular, we talked about earlier, Space Wolves and Blood Angels. Blood Angels also kind of greedy when it comes to command points. So how are you balancing the fact that you have two very detachment or CP heavy factions with just not that many command points? I basically put my CP into the Space Wolves and I save two CP for basically three. I save three CP for the Blood Angels uh, in specifically to pick them up if I want to and later in the game because I want to threat that always. Even if I don't do it, I just want the threat there. And then, but you're not using like the things to do, like an extra D three attacks, a death company captain, fight twice, fight on death, all that stuff. Uh, occasionally, I will. It just depends. You know what I mean on where they are and the best situations. I mean, yeah, so I guess just take an army of anybody can be a super Saiyan. So exactly, we'll but I, I don't. I, I try not to. I've been rationing it out. Like I didn't make the death the him death company. You know what I mean, stuff like that. And I don't mm-hmm. typically do the D three attacks as much just because I would rather just fight twice, you know, or fight on death or whatever. You know what I mean? Uh, so yeah. Or just exploding. Basically, exploding fours is just better than adding D3 attacks with a Smash Captain. And also, the Space Wolf Smash Captain just hits more consistently because he's plus one. Right. And there's no, there's no oops, I rolled a bunch of twos. And exactly. Math. And he, he re-rolls once, so you just don't care. You know, the guy basically right. hits almost 100% of the time. You know what I mean? It's like 90 you should roll one two and be sad about it but when you roll two or three twos because dice or dice oh yeah it feels terrible yeah exactly and the thing is is that these guys are just you know picking those things up on that i mean it is nice that he's plus one to wound but if half the most of the time you don't care you're hit you're swinging a thunder hammer so you're not that that hard of a and i and i wouldn't mind getting you know four to five more hits every time i'm in combat than than basically having plus one to wound and like i'll take my chances and also i can just re-roll wounds at that point in time real quick before we kind of wrap it up for this discussion and get into the individual matchups for the space wolves and what they can do um your bum rush style impulsor all in aggro list seems really really suited for itc itc because you can get that bonus point those maneuver secondaries really well kind of that what we we're talking about you go up the scoreboard a million points it doesn't matter if you get tabled you still win because you're up that far do you think that can translate to any other format successfully like Nova or ETC? Nova for sure, because they play a very different, they play a very similar form of, they play similar to ITC. So you could choose uh, your secondaries and you could choose the progressive for Nova. And I think it would work very well. I would change, probably change some small things on it uh, just so I had options uh, because these secondaries are a little bit different. ETC, um, yes, I would probably even go more all in on it just because of the fact that in team tournaments, uh, be it ATC, ETC and stuff like that, uh, BFS as a team tournament, uh, you can pick and choose your matchups a little bit more so you can get yourself into, uh, things that can't deal with that kind of a threat. So you make it one of your armies that you really want to get into certain matchups. So I think in a team tournament format, uh, I would, I would go even more all in because I would just ignore anything that uh, I was really weak against and just go even harder into things that I'm better against. All right. And we're going to focus a lot on what those are in the next episode. Uh, John, do you have any more questions on for Chester on this? No, no. I, what, what I, what I, I guess what I'll say is that the, the, it's, it's been a, a little different episode than we normally do. It's a little more um, theory crafted, but I don't think that's, that's unusual considering the times that we're in. Uh, <laughs> 
but it, it certainly is going to give people a lot to think about and a, a lot of ways to sort of apply what we've talked about in their own list building because it's going to help with a general, general ITC or whatever. I think in the second episode, it's going to be really interesting to talk about matchups because we're going to learn a lot of, because it feels like you have a lot of tricks and a lot of uh, flexibility in the army and, and, and ways to really punish people for mistakes. So I think that's going to be a really fun discussion. So for all you patrons, we'll see you in episode two to check that out. And if you're not a patron, we have over 40 hours of content for $6 a month. So there's really no reason not to sign up. Tons and tons and tons of great discussions about matchups. You really, even, even if we're talking about a list that's maybe a little bit outdated, the theory is still good behind the list, and you learn a lot about the game just by listening to that. So I'm just going to piggyback off that idea real quick, John. So what you guys, this episode is a little kind of all over the place compared to our usual structure. We don't have one specific list going through how it plays exactly. And then that might be a little bit of an awkward stance for the matchups you might be thinking in part two of the tactics video. But it's actually going to be a much more rich episode, I think. We haven't recorded it yet at this point. Um, basically because when you're talking to a top player and how they design lists, they all kind of run the gauntlet in their minds. Like, okay, what armies do I have? To be, and that's basically what we do on this podcast. I have to be Mech Elder, I have to be Iron Hands, I have to be Raven Guard, I have to be this, that, whatever. And they kind of theory out a plan the whole way through. So you can see kind of the inside scoop on uh, one of these top players, Mr. Chester, and his list development skills here on the Space Wolves and learn how to apply that to your own list building uh, ideas. Uh, anyways, Chester, is there any place people can find you in your 40K world? In the 40K world, I am everywhere. <laughs> I, I I do. I am an art of war coach, which I really like you to come talk to me and I will tell you all about my stuff. Yeah, if you want more Chester, you can come onto the war room and you can get him exactly as your coach or just listen to him rant in the clinics like an old man. I was just about to say, if you want to hear me just run at the mouth, I definitely go to my clinic because I will talk forever because you guys don't even get to stop me. I just hear my own voice and I will talk to the end of time. You can find me on Twitch, Bradchester1. You can find me um, talking about everything, not even 40K related, uh, with Mr. Allen. We just talk about life. I, we, Joe, we, we pretend we're very low-budget uh, low Joe Rogans and talk about everything and hang out. So Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on, Chester. Uh, always a pleasure. For everyone else, we'll see you in episode two. Boop, boop. All right. Peace. Like the strategy discussion you heard? Want to hear more about the tactics of this list? Sign up for our Patreon at AOW40K.com, where we go deep into details of optimal play. This has been Art of War, a strategy and tactics podcast for Warhammer 40K. Hosted by Nick Nanavati and John Damaris. Produced by Seamus Ronan. Find us at AOW40K.com. And of course, connect on Facebook. Just look for AOW40K. 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 Till next time.